Hi and welcome. This is a podcast where we talk about the womb, periods, everything from domestic violence to the power of the woman and the age that we're living in. Women stepping out into their own beings and coming out and all those things that happen in our lifetimes that we just come together and talk about. So thanks for being here. This is Rebecca Wendy of the Womb of. Welcome to Rebecca Wendy of The Womb of a podcast where we talk about everything from the sacredness of the womb to domestic violence and the age that we live in, the fact that women are um, are starting to see their purpose in life. And this is a podcast that is very close to me now more than ever because in this um, era of people coming to see themselves, uh, I'm going to start with my own story and the story that I am currently living and I haven't got free of my own story but it is a story of, of awakeness and women and uh, the sacredness of the womb and the fact that our lineage, our lineage comes from the womb. You know, we know who our mothers are. Even if our mothers slept around a lot, we know who our mums are all the time. Uh, unless you're adopted and you didn't know who your your mum was. We know who our mums are normally because we come out of their womb. They know who we are and we know who them they are. Uh, and that doesn't change throughout the, the, the eras. We can go back and back and back and we know who our grandmothers are and our great-grandmothers are and they know who their mothers are because they come through that sacredness of the womb, which is why this idea of the names and the... Um, the sacredness of the wombs being passed down from mother to daughter is so important and that's why I'm all for the this matriarchy rather than the patriarchy. I think we're done with that and I think a lot of women like myself are waking up to the power of the woman and the power of her body but we're living in an age at the minute. It's the age of the woman but the men are some men are like okay we're living in the age of the woman the age of aquarius if you know anything about aquarius it's the age of the water bearer the water bearer is betrayed in the stars as a man and um it's not the water bearer has never ever been a man you look in throughout history women have always carried water women have always been the water bearers and we bear water within our bodies within our, our life force you know our babies are carried in water the amniotic fluid we hold more water in our bodies than men will ever hold we are the water bearers we that's what we are so to say that this is a man that the man is portrayed in the stars is wrong because the woman is the water bearer and it doesn't matter how much they try and make it a man thing or a male thing this is this is a woman thing and I've got a whole thing that I could talk about with the word man and the word woman and the fact that M-A, matriarchy, M-A means woman. It's a, it's a sign of a female. 
where um, uh, so the word man you know man was created first it's ma everything you look at anywhere else patriarchy it's pa you know pava is the name for father in in latin uh, papa in many different countries it's pa the patriarchy is you know if, if the dad is called papa the dad is called pava you know even poppies um we can use poppies for healing and the poppies can also be used as drugs and opiates but their name is pava father um um, many different cultures PA is stands for the father MA is the mother MA is the matriarch PA is the patriarch which is why they're called those things so the idea of man M-A-N man it's that's woman that's what we associate with woman so in the Bible it says man we is created first that's us that the patriarch the PA the, the man was created second not first so he was created, but Eve, the woman, was born from the woman. But the, for all of my Christian people that listen to this, I'm sorry, I know I've just insulted you and probably lost a ton of you right there, but I used to be incredibly religious. I grew up in a religious household, and I was, I would have done exactly that, like this woman talking shit. And, but I have done so much research. Okay, but that's not my story right now. The first... Today, it's going to be about my story. Now, by this stage, you've either gone, I cannot listen to a word she says because she talks way, way too fast. I'm really sorry. My brain works super quick. Um, my voice works super quick. I talk fast and I think fast and, I'm, you know, it happens quickly. Um, so if you can't comprehend me, I'm really sorry. Um, I just, I talk really fast and I can't even get you to say look can you slow down a bit because this is a podcast I don't know whether you can slow it down but I talk really fast but I need to get my message across where it's sort of in me and I had it written down and I you know had it in a file that was protected so my kids didn't get into it and password and now I can't remember what the password was because I didn't write it down but that had everything in it so I'm, I'm going about what I wrote now this is this is so strong and I know that this will resonate with some women and it won't with others because some of us especially those that have grown up in a very strong religious background very strong religious household will comprehend this so I grew up uh, I grew up in a normal household for the first four years when I say normal it wasn't my completely dysfunctional family mum hated my dad but married my dad because her mum hated him, so she wanted to spite her own mum, married dad, they were together for goodness knows what else. They'd already had my big brother, which they told us once they were in the church that that didn't happen. They had him first, but they didn't. Birth certificates say that he was born first, then they got married a year later. Um, anyway, so um, grew up in that household, normal. They found this, this church, which is more like a cult. Um, if anyone reads the the age newspaper in Australia, where um, you know, there's there's a guy being found out for he's handed himself in for sexually abusing kids in a, a church in Geelong in um, um, Victoria in Australia, and um, that's the church I went to. So that happened all the time. Anyway, it was a, it's a cult, not a church. It's one of those things that you just say, is it a church? They say they follow Jesus and things like that. It's an absolute cult. Okay, so at the age of four, my 
my my dad went there, convinced my mum, it all changed, you know, all that kind of stuff. They got there, but of course the rules are if you're married and you're both saved in church, then you're stuck together. So you're stuck together until one of you has an affair or one dies. So my mum's um, way of dealing with that was to start poisoning my dad with rat poison. I'm not joking. She actually put rat poison in his food, and she would tell us about this when we were about when I was about ten. She told me that she started doing, it and she would laugh right there, sit there and laugh and go. It was so funny watching him run to the toilet. She also talked about how she would wait till his steaks went green, and then she would cook them up for him, and she would find it absolutely hilarious that he was so sick now this woman was a nurse that's the kind of mum I had. she was a nurse and she was poisoning she was putting rat poison in my dad's food hoping that it would kill him so that they could get a divorce and then of course you have my dad who um is narcissistic to the core you know we, we picked on us because we were smaller um, it, you know, when you go from an outside world to inside this church, well, all of a sudden, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child, and all of a sudden we're being belted for saying things that we'd said before. Like, we could say bull before, but we didn't say bullshit when we were younger, we just said bull. And all of a sudden we got belted for saying bull. So, well, we can't say that anymore. Why not? We've, we've, we've said it. Why can't we say it now? Um, and all these different things that we used to happen and used to do and all of a sudden it stopped and it changed and we were all having to follow these rules now as a four-year-old I didn't know the difference I didn't know what had gone on I just knew that all of a sudden I went to Sunday school there was lots of kids we sang lots of songs it was a great time but then you know we got hit a lot more we got hit before when we didn't um, we didn't before this point so it was a really strange time um, you know, I would start to be absolutely beaten if I didn't say hello to someone, but in front of them, you know, some of you of my era, you know, I'm 40 this year. So some of you of my era would remember things like that. You know, you have to say hello. And if you don't say hello, you literally get beaten in front of them. And the people are so uncomfortable and you're just getting whacked. And I was a shy kid. So I'd hide behind my parents' legs if I didn't say hi. Oh my goodness. Um... So you had that upbringing, and then of course, you know, you, I really believed what I was, what was, what was there. I believed the guy at the front. The guy at the front was tall, you know, six foot six, and towered over people, and deep voice, and uh, you know, an old guy. And, um, he'd have to come over to my parents' place at least once a week to stop the squabbles that went on, and if we needed prayer we'd go up the front and he'd put his hands on us and but my parents my mum would say when you go up the front and jesus is going to heal you so i automatically thought this dude was jesus so whenever he come home come over i'd say hey jesus is here so i absolutely um believed what, what i was seeing and things that were going on and but my household my mum eventually stopped poisoning my dad because it didn't work um and I think it was after the pastor threatened to punch her. It, yeah, it was weird. Um, and so she stopped poisoning my dad and we, we went on following these ridiculous rules. It was just ridiculous. And and trying to live up to all the standards and everybody had to be clean. And I, I was I was also a 
I know this is the wrong term and I'm probably gonna upset everybody but I was a tomboy so I was a, I was a boy girl and I really like to wear my brother's clothes and at one stage I had a mullet I just I'm not girly I just I've never been girly and um, are you trying to make me wear dresses and do all that kind of stuff and stay clean because I like to climb trees and do all the cool stuff that normal kids do I wasn't allowed to because I had to wear dresses and uh, so handle that um, and by the time I got to school about age 10 or 11 I had people asking me at school teachers coming up and going is everything okay at home yeah it means that I at the time I thought well, of course they are and of course I mentioned it to my mum the first time I was only young and it was the idea that you know they're of the devil and they're trying to split up our family not realizing that there's something wrong seriously wrong with our family we weren't meant to be beaten as much as we were or treated like we were and so I'd ask that and then of course I got into high school and within the first year I had um, one of my teachers my my grade teacher whatever you want to call her she was a coordinator at the time she came up to me and she said is everything all right at home and I remember thinking, why are people asking this? Are they really, the devil is really trying to get into her family and rip it apart. This is, and I think every year I had a different teacher come up and go, is everything all right at home? Are you all right? Are you? And not once did I think, hang on a second, something might be wrong here. We might not, this might not be normal. But of course, I didn't know it. I was a scared kid, but I was over the top in some aspects and I just wasn't meant, I think I was so mentally scarred and then come teenage years and this is where my mum started to be, she wasn't overly affectionate anyway but as soon as I become a teenager and I started to really develop as a teenager all of a sudden my body was the worst thing. It was something that she told me was you know horrid or you know you look fat in that or you know you look like um, uh, you can't wear that, you're trying to attract someone and I didn't know what it was doing you know I was 12 I just got my period at 11 I didn't even I thought it come once you know I was excited I knew it was coming I thought it come once and I was excited to have it yeah period and then it come again next month and it's back this thing's back and then of course I didn't know the, the, the wonderfulness of the cycle of the period or the, the different seasons of the period or the what the wonderfulness it meant and I'm only finding about that now and I'm 40 um, and so when I realized it come back every month I was like what the hell and I was I was in a lot of pain and and all these different things and uh, of course I went to the sick bay in school just for attention sometimes I just I wanted someone to notice me I wasn't so small because I was always treated like I was nothing I was small I was I had to be insignificant you know we had to make sure my dad didn't get upset because we'd all just shrink away and hide, you know, you wouldn't look at him and he'd ask you questions, what did I say? And you, you, you didn't dare say anything back because if you did, it would be, you know, you get a crack somewhere, back of the head, you know, across the face, whatever it is, don't talk back to me. But then sometimes if you didn't say anything, he'd give you a crack for not talking. And so it's always on edge, always not knowing where you stood, you know, um, always. And confrontation was a really big problem and um and then my mum she was like look what your dad's doing but my mum was the kind of 
soul that we'd, you know, for my dad, he got a vasectomy, so she hit him in the balls straight away, like the day the, he was home for maybe 10 minutes. Um, yeah, he, when he got his wisdom teeth out, she smashed him in the face. Like, uh, oops, I didn't, like, it, it's always done at a, an accident. I didn't mean it. My hand just hit it. And, of course, she'd be in hysterics as he's on the floor. And and um, and then we had the church dynamic. The church dynamic was that women were so less than, that women were nothing, that women were, you know, it, Eve was a, responsible for all the ills in the entire world for women. The reason that we have weeds is because of Eve. That's when I used to believe that weeds are bad, but weeds have so much, depending on the weed, they have so much nutrients and healing properties and things like that. But another thing, another subject again. But I used to think, uh, you know, we're told that weeds grew. No weeds grew in the Garden of Eden before Eve's original sin, which didn't happen. Uh, um, I think I'm just going to offend everyone here. I'm really sorry. Um, uh, so we have the the um, Eve is responsible, and then and then throughout the 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 Old Testament, sometimes I'd read the Bible on my own because we had to pray every morning and every night for at least 15 minutes, but definitely half an hour, um, and um, there would be this. Uh, I'd read the Bible and there'd be certain instances where one of the prophets, whoever they were, um, something had happened and they slept with a prostitute, who they thought was a prostitute, but it ends up being their daughter-in-law because their son. And and my idea of that was, you know, and there was benefit to come from that. So then her, his son died, so his daughter-in-law didn't have anyone. So she dressed up as a prostitute and slept with whoever it was, Elijah, Elijah, Joshua, someone like that. And, um, and it was, and the benefit and the, 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 the supposedly glory of the line, the lineage that went down from that. And I couldn't wrap my brain around that because everything was about no fornication, no adultery, no whatever else. And yet here's this prophet, I think it was Joshua, or someone like that sleeping with their daughter-in-law after their son had died because she dressed up as a prostitute and he went and laid with her and then she revealed herself and you know the child that come from that was glorified this didn't make any sense this seemed like it was backwards and how could this be this way and yet the women were seen as as bad and then we get all the way to mary and Mary was the ultimate, you know, woman. And I wanted to be her. I wanted to be chosen enough. I wanted to be good enough that God would pick me. I wanted to be her. And it didn't matter what I did and it didn't matter what I could do. According to the Bible, I would never be her. I would never be her because I wasn't good enough. I would never be her because as a, a teen... I had immature, you know, thoughts that were wrong. You know, I would never be her. And with the upbringing I had, I got to 14 and threw myself at a guy who just wanted to be my best friend. He was 30 years older than me. Turns out that he didn't want to be my best friend. It was only one thing he wanted. 
thankfully things found out a little earlier than they went far enough but and then come that completely messed with me because I realized then I was I was nothing you know I would never be Mary and I desperately um the you know, stepping back I gotta keep going back and forwards because that's how my brain works so back when I was eight we had to receive the Holy Spirit and at the age of eight I did that according to the church and I remember two days afterwards I got into the kitchen and I got a knife and no one was in the kitchen and I tried to cut my wrists because I believed now I had the Holy Spirit I could be with God and the fact that I couldn't do it I told myself I didn't have enough faith that was the mindset then of an eight-year-old for goodness sake I wanted to get out of this world then and I didn't even know what that was um, I didn't I didn't realize what suicide was and I remember my mum years later I think I was 15 reading something in the paper about an eight-year-old who hung himself and she said that shouldn't even come into the mind of eight-year-olds but I never told her what I did I never ever told her that that, that I tried and I don't think she would have believed it my mum was so oh, she, she had no feeling that woman um, and so here's me I, I'm completely mentally messed up during this time and this is gonna this is com where it goes completely different during this time we're told you know I grew up with the the idea that my mum would point out different women and go she is gorgeous and, and you know the idea that I'm assuming Mary of the, the, the Bible was gorgeous uh, you had one woman in our in our church who was just like she was just stunning and my mum would say she would look good in a garbage bag and I thought well and she would keep telling me how you know I didn't look like that and I was ugly and you know things like that I, I, all that was there but I found women beautiful I thought that that was normal I thought everybody found women beautiful um, and um, so that was the 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 growing up and you'd say friends and you'd see people and I would I uh, don't get me wrong there was men that I'd find attractive but not like women women were different women I would I'd pick out the ones I liked and the ones I didn't but I didn't know what I was doing I thought that everybody did that I did, well, would never have thought that I was any different to anybody else I thought everybody was doing this and this is where um so oh, we're going through all this all that happened i got to 17 my mum gave me the okay to finally talk to guys i've never had a boyfriend in the day mirror i had i had one boyfriend at school who was two years older than me and we kissed that was it but i never i never slept with anyone and i was 17 and I was so naive and so young and just didn't have the mind for anything didn't know what I was doing but I already knew that I was going to leave the church because I knew I needed to get free and I knew I could get free I would I realized even before I could get free of this place I can leave but my own my thought at this point I got to 17 and I'd seen enough shows and I'd seen enough people and I'd heard enough conversations the only way that you were going to become 
you are attractive is through sex. That is the only way. And so I thought, but if I leave at 16, the only job I could become, the only thing I could become was a prostitute because that was the only way I'd get love. I would not get love any way else. Sex was the only way that I would achieve love because that's any what anyone talked about. You know, women were sexualized on television. Women had to give themselves freely. I mean, I grew up with James Bond, which I cannot stand. What a chauvinistic pig to think that he can hit women, that he can degrade them, and then they'll sleep with him. I mean, oh, but this was the idea that you were less. Not only less, you were, you, you were only good for sex, and that's all you were good for. And the thing is, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And finally, I met a guy from the church who was my freedom. And he was, you know, a good guy in front of everyone else. And, you know, he was a rebel in my eyes, but not really to everyone else. And, I, you know, he was my freedom. And we left the church together, but we got married the same week we left, you know, because we, it's not that we didn't muck around, but he would never tell people that we slept together because he never ejaculated inside of me, you know, that's because we never slept together. Um, I'm sorry, too much information, I know, but it was that kind of thing. But it was always there was always something so the day that we left this is really interesting we, we led up to all these kind of stuff and there's a few things and the day we left I left from work and I hopped in his car and we drove and he lived a number of hours away but it obviously was going to take me back to his house because his mum was going to come over and mum and dad were going to come over and we wanted to we'd already been in so much trouble with the church and his mum and dad were in and my mum and dad were in and they were friends with each other and because we've been dating for a while. And we, it, he logged into a hotel and before we got there, I said, look, when I get there, I really just need a shower. Because to me, running water, water was already a thing for me. And I think it is for a lot of women. We talk about how we think the most or we get our ideas in the shower. The idea of running water over us, the idea of water, that, that, that sense of just water flowing over us is powerful and I just need to think I need that chance to just think and we got there and and um hang on a second sorry just had to um go close the window anyway we got there and small hotel room and uh, I was on the last of my period and it was, uh, you know, it was, I just needed to think. And so there was a king size bed or a queen size bed and there was a small room that had a, a bathroom in it. I remember sitting down the end of the bed and, and don't get me wrong, it's exciting because I was away with a, a guy and we were going to get married and stuff, but I just, I needed a shower. I needed to, to be actually be able to say, to be able to sit and think and just this is what I needed. I don't know whether I told him that. I just said I needed one. I just needed. And of course, um, 
he said that he'd go run it for me and I said no 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 I can do it and he's you know, very insistent that he'd run the shower for me which I wanted to do myself but you know I was young I didn't I didn't want to rock the boat I didn't want it to suddenly be alone now because I'd left the church and if I was alone now I didn't know what I'd do and I wasn't even in a place I knew and so you know I got a call and there he is stark naked in the shower waiting for me and I remember being so uncomfortable going this is not thinking to myself this is not what I want this is not it this is not I'm not ready to do this you know this is this this is jumping into something that I'm not comfortable with but I was so scared of saying no then or to pulling away and I remember getting unchanged being very uncomfortable and um coming into the shower and of course he's all over me and I just remember cringing and just thinking this I was warned once the first time you have sex that you'll feel horrid afterwards and I, did, I already felt like this is too much and I, I don't know whether it was just overstimulation or whether it was just too much but I remember thinking remember this is the only way you're going to get love this is the only way you're going to be acknowledged because this is all that they want. And um, being okay with certain things and of course then we come out and there was, again, remember I was at the end of my period. He decided to go down and next thing you know he's gagging. And yeah my first ever time of someone going down on me and they're gagging and you know, saying it's horrible and he then told me that I didn't clean myself very well the next day I didn't clean myself very well so he gave me products to clean myself not knowing I, I, he knew I was at the end of a period and all of a sudden I was dirty and not only did I feel dirty I, I was told that I was and because of that moment he didn't go down on me for a year and a half after that so our first year and a half of marriage nothing now I expected it given to him but never gave it back for a year and a half because i was dirty this is this i never figured out what that was at that point now a lot of young girls feel coerced when they're young because it's the way that you society has brought us up to feel pressured to feel like we need to we need to that's all we're good for that's all we're worthy for and this is the power of this moment a lot has been changing to give women girls some knowledge but we're still not giving them knowledge of their periods we're still not giving knowledge what that means and the sacredness of that bleeding um that there is a sacred act it is not something that is bad or to be shunned or to be you know looked down upon it is it is wonderful and it is the means that our bodies are in this cycle of the feminine that is just amazing so this idea this this sexualization of women 
especially girls when they're young. And the idea that I had through not only the upbringing that I had and not knowing what a healthy relationship was and then being in a church environment that again, it's, it's, they do not breed healthy relationships whatsoever. Uh, I think it's very rare that people find a happy, a healthy relationship in a place like that um, because that's not what they breed. They, they, they breed um, this power contrast that the man is powerful and the woman is less than, you know. It talks about the um, subservient wife, the, the wife that, that obeys her husband all the time, you know, that doesn't talk back. That if, if they don't listen to us when we have complaints, if we have to, there's a guy on TikTok, yes, um, they talked about why men don't need respect because they claim that they need it but the moment that we lose it and they say well i'll talk to you when you're you're calmed down is is absolute disrespect to us because they are not taking the 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 power that is behind what we need to say how we feel they're automatically making it smaller and they're saying until you become smaller you, you can you're you're having a go at my confidence right now and I'm not happy. So until you become smaller, then I'm not listening. And that's the whole idea of it. And it was the idea of becoming smaller. But even in sex, it's to become smaller. But you have to be the, the you know, the tiger in the bedroom. But not too much because then you'll be small. And, of course, I was not someone who was loud. I am quiet very and that was a problem because I was quiet and for all those women that are quiet out there you know what I mean I don't make noise because I don't feel the necessary to it's just not who I am um maybe that's not because I'm not relaxed or I just don't I've never made noise I'm not a noise maker and you see all these things on television and all these noises and you know all you got all the the porn videos and things like that people are making lots of noise and that's not me but that's the only thing that seems to you know in my mind that's what i've been told that's what turns a guy on the noise but the thing is i don't make it and it i have to force it every single time i have to force noise and it's just not what i want to do i don't want to do that that doesn't make me feel comfortable and it certainly takes me out of any space that might be good now that things are good anyway so this is my first encounter with with sex i then not knowing this is any different feeling absolutely terrible feeling like my body is now there's something wrong because now i'm disgusting that um um being expected to, to reciprocate in other ways and finding that horrid and then um, too hard and too soft and not doing it right and, oh my goodness and i just i i i hated it and i thought that this I remember going through my um, wedding night and I remember thinking is this it is this what women rave about is this what all the TV shows go on about and movies and is this it is is that it what this is crap but I've got another thing I've got to go back again so 
I've, you know, we've got a whole rigmarole. We've just left home. There's, you know, pastor's been called, blah, 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 blah. We've got a whole parents going backwards and forwards. You know, where is he? Where is she? Blah, blah, blah. Eventually, we just, we decided to get married. Now, I thought that I was, again, lower than. And my husband was really kind in his words. He gave me lots of cuddles and he's really kind and, you know, just someone that that I thought, I that's what I thought love was. And the little um, derogatory marks that, you know, oh, can't do that. And I couldn't go anywhere by myself. Oh my goodness, I couldn't, couldn't go down the street by myself. If I went down just to the corner store, I was allowed to do that by myself. But if I wanted to go to the local shopping center, I couldn't go by myself. He had to come with me. And then um, at the start, we worked together and I was, you know, I I, I didn't like to be in something. I didn't want to, I was a secretary because I was told that's what I had to, you know, I had to do a job like that. It's a girly job. I wanted to drive trucks and I wanted to be outside. I wanted to be, you know, a fighter pilot in the military. I, I wanted to do stuff like that. That was who I was and I wanted to be outside. So when my husband said well you can work with me and he worked outside like he was he did floor coverings and did a little bit of construction here and there and it was like oh, i get to work outside this is fun so i got to i got to do that i got to work outside and we get to go to different places and we get to work in you know different um uh buildings and some of them were commercial but so i got to work with other chippies and uh, sparkies i'm sorry that's uh, if you're not australian chippy carpenter builder sparky electrician um um you know we got to work with lots of different people and painters and plasterers and you'd call them jib rockers um uh you know that kind of stuff and that to me was fun and i got to do things that i haven't done before that was fun now all that come with certain expectations, you know, if that building site was empty and we were by ourselves then there was an expectation that things would happen on site. So we sort of dealt with those. Um, uh, then, um, and I, I, I put it off, you sort of dealt with those. It was a lot more important than that to me on how it made me feel. It was a lot bigger than that. and I'm, it is, this is something I am learning not to do, but it's a habit to downgrade it as uh, it was nothing. But when I look back on how it made me feel and how the roll-on effect of that was, it was never healthy. And I'm only just realizing this. Um, and so we do that. But... I learned very quickly that I could not go anywhere by myself. And I was a messy kid when I was young, you know, I had a messy room, I had a messy car, and, and probably because of the, the environment that I was in. So I didn't clean very well at the start, and I certainly didn't get a chance to, but then I was told, well, you're just messy. And, um, you know, and the times that I wanted to stay home, would say, but you'd get overwhelmed because there's so much to do. Um, so there was that idea that I was I was just messy and that I couldn't I couldn't do it it's just not too it's, it's not you know I, that's just not you and um, I learned quickly that I couldn't stay home uh, unless he worked less than five kilometers away from the house 
and even then it was a fight now at the start I didn't want to because I had not been alone and I didn't really want to be alone but there were times as things went on that I wanted to stay home I wanted to clean the house I didn't want to go to work with him and I wasn't allowed to so I had to come in the car and I had to do this but I think that got to the point now that I was so much help because I could go get stuff that because I was so much help it was I was e it was easy to have me there it wasn't about what I wanted now it was about the ease for him um, and of course he had something there whenever he wanted it because I wouldn't say no and so that become I learned pretty quickly that I don't have the freedoms I thought I would have in marriage I really thought I would be free uh, another one of these that is a really big teller for me oh hang on I have to go back I have to go back I have to go back to our wedding night so I'd already told you that stuff that happened before there was no going down there was no anything like that on our wedding night um, but I remember um, there was we had a, a spa bath so we had a, a bath and you know it was like the seventh attempt to do stuff and it wasn't happening and I have it out of the bath because I'm not a big bath person I know some people are but I'm not a big bath person I don't like sitting in my own fluid for too long I mean if you have a really quick bath that's fine but I don't like the idea of sitting in stagnant water um, and so I hopped out, I wasn't comfortable and I hopped out and there was a little bit of a, where are you going and you mean you're leaving me here? It's just a bath and we were in the same room, but it's like, well, I, I don't want to be here and I, I feel ill, I'm hopping out. Um, and so he stayed there and relaxed in the bath and I actually thought, you know, maybe it's the naivety that I'd be followed, you know, I'd be, which I kind of wanted and I didn't want. It's that, that confusion, but I want to know that I'm wanted but I really didn't want to be followed either. And after a little while, I think we were going to go out for dinner. He was still in the bath and I said, are you going to get out? And he said, yeah, I'm just enjoying the relax and the relax in the back and it's really good and we get out. And as I'm talking to him, he stops talking just for a minute. And um, I was talking about how it was nice and I noticed he pees in the bath. He's laying in the bath and he pees in the bath. And I'm automatically disgusted because it's something a kid does. But that's not the worst bit. He then continues to stay in the bath. It's not like he peed in the bath and went, okay, I'm finished with the bath, I'm getting out. He stayed in there. He stayed in there for another 10 minutes. And I remember just walking away. Once he did that, I walked away because I thought, oh my goodness, you've got to be kidding me. And it should have been a huge red alert as, you know, baby alert baby alert this guy's gonna want you to be his mum um i should i should have realized but i didn't it wasn't alert because it was enough to go Ugh. what was worse then he didn't pull the plug when he got out so he got out he's right to tell he wants to come and snuggle up you know snuggle me up with his wet body and i'm wet and i'm thinking you're just covered in pee um because he didn't have a shower afterwards oh my goodness um and um so I had to then go and pull the plug and I had to put my hand in that water and that's the last thing I wanted to do. I tried to find anything that would, would pull the plug and there's nothing so I had to um, I had to do it 
which is pulling the plug on my husband's bath water just seemed like something you do for a child too but and then I scrubbed my arm and I thought this should have been a sign that there's something wrong here um so yeah I did that and that that was warning sign number I don't know how many but that was a big one and I remember that one very clearly the and then there was not being allowed to stay home but there was another one that sort of really stuck in my mind my husband used to, um, because it was only the two of us and we get home from work and he never liked to stay home because the house was a mess and he didn't want to clean it and he was telling me that I can't clean it and he, so you want to go out? So he would drive somewhere and he'd go, where do you want to go? And I would say, well, you know, I, I would like to do physical things. I like, I like to be active so, and I like to do fun things. For me, it has to be fun. So I'd go bowling or mini golf or something that was a little bit competitive and a bit of fun and, you know, stuff like that. And I thought that, you know, that would be fun. And he could go, yeah, we could do that. Or we could go watch a movie. And start, because I didn't want to rock any single boat, I'd go, oh, okay, watch a movie. And every time this would happen. Do when I do this? Oh, actually, I want to do something else. I saw this. What about laser tag or... Um, you know things like that you could do that or we'd go see a movie and I knew the moment the awe come in it was no we don't want to we're not doing that we don't I don't want to do that and I remember thinking we had I had this girl I knew when I was younger and I was always brought up that we went to someone's house to play they sort of accommodated you because you did that when they come to your house maybe that was just me and they kind of sort of accommodated you. And I went round to this one girl's house and I hated going to her house because it didn't matter what I wanted to do. Um, I, it didn't ever happen. It would be only what she wanted to do. And I remember just going, when can this leave? This is boring. Yeah, I hate it. And I remember thinking, this is, it feels like this girl's place because it nothing that I wanted to do. And it comes to a head, we would probably be married about six months. Maybe not even that. And he pulls up at, you know, he drives in the driveway, pulls up outside the cinemas and says, so, what do you want to do? And it was the first time I had the guts to go, why do you bother asking me? Because we already know what you're going to say. I'm going to say something like, let's go do bowling or um or mini golfing or doing something that's physical and you're gonna go we can do that or we can go to the cinemas and since you've pulled up outside the cinemas that's already what you're gonna do there's no point asking me because you've already made up your mind and it doesn't matter what I want to do and of course he got really offended at that no 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 that's not yet at all you know just tell me I, I'm listening what do you want to do and I said I want to go bowling and he said no oh, Look at the time. Look, there's a movie that's about to start. We can go see this movie and next time, I promise, we'll do bowling. And it's probably not even open. It was a Friday night. Of course, it's going to be open. Probably not even open. So I just remember just feeling defeated. Fine. And he's, you know, oh, we, you know, is there something wrong? No, fine. And, you know, he, um, he took me out for dinner and he pulled out the chair and he thinks, oh, that's all good. You know, we're all good now. We're all friends. 
and the fact that he gives me a passion inside the in the middle of the movie that makes everything good um and so the next time hit we were driving and i got him first i said what do you want to do you know what do you want to do tonight he said well what do you want to do i said i want to go bowling and you said last time that we'd do it and it was a tuesday and he said yeah I, I, I said you said that you'd do it and we drove past the bowling thing and there was cars in the car park not a lot but it was a Tuesday and he went it doesn't look open I don't think it's open I said you don't even go and have a look oh but it's Tuesday it won't be open tonight let's go do something else and it took probably nearly a year for us to go bowling and obviously it was when he wanted to go bowling or maybe it was too I got so angry that he got to appease you know he had to appease it I don't remember how we got it but I loved it I had a great time but it was almost like I'd had my fix so now I needed the next year doing whatever he needed to do so I a couple of things like that they were red flags but I thought that every woman went through this also at this point not only was the connection that I thought I was going to have, the, the sexual connection I thought was going to be great, wasn't. I always, I also had, we'd watch a ridiculous amount of movies. And I hated the sex scenes. And I, I, I still, I know I'm supposed to be more grown up now. You know, I'm nearly 40 and I still don't like sex. I still no, but there's one thing about it is the women were the attractive ones. The women were the ones that you know I was looking at. I wasn't looking at the men. I was looking at the women. I was judging myself on the women. I was wanting to be like the women. Never in my mind did it cross my mind that I was having a reaction to the women. It never would have crossed my mind. I wouldn't have even acknowledged it. Even if my body responded, I wouldn't have made that acknowledgement that this is what's happening because I wouldn't have known. It wouldn't have registered that this is anything to think about. I remember soon after we got married that I had a dream that I slept with a woman. Um, and I remember thinking, well, that's you know very devilish of you. I'm still very much in that church mindset of... of what it was and I thought well everyone has these weird dreams that don't mean anything I had a lot of um, experiences back there where I connected with different spirits and I was shown very much different things um, um, but that was that, that felt like one of them but I dismissed it because it wasn't what you call visionary you know it was me sleeping with a woman um, and um, I, I, I put it aside and I certainly didn't think of anything else it wasn't till my mid um, mid 30s where I've been married sort of 15 years that I started to you know realize that my fantasies were about women not about men they were never about men and I started to question maybe well, hang on is this something that is there something I need to be concerned about here? Is there something seriously wrong with me? Because is everybody getting to this point and having these these ideas, these things? There must be something wrong. 
Um, and so I keep dismissing it. And by the time I got sort of to my late 30s, I had started to question things a lot and going, is this, is this normal? And honestly, it wasn't till last year that I actually thought, hang on a second, could I be gay? Is it possible that I'm even, is this, is this, what, isn't this what normal people do? Or is it just the fact that I just really don't like Asgin? But I started analyzing my, um, my behaviors. I started noticing what I wear. Now, admittedly, I don't, I haven't got to the point that I'm dressing up or I, I still wear my husband's clothes. Now, admittedly, I told my husband on our anniversary, on our 21st anniversary, which is January just past, that I wanted a divorce. We are still not divorced. He is desperately trying to keep this together because he has nobody else. And I also told him I like women. Uh, of which he thinks it's a phase. Um, this is not a healthy relationship, but I didn't realise that's what it that it wasn't. I didn't realise how bad it wasn't a healthy relationship until now. And I didn't realise that I liked women as much as I do till now. And I had I had no clue. I thought. I honestly thought that everybody thought this way. I thought everybody had these ideas. I grew up being told this woman's gorgeous or that one's beautiful or, you know. Um, I, I thought that maybe my mum was gay, I don't know. Um, I thought that's what women did. I thought they, they would be able to tell which one's gorgeous and I thought they thought these things I thought that was normal I still think that's normal to a point I'm sure there's women going out there but I never had the same feeling I mean I'd, I'd see a, an attractive man but I call him a pretty boy you know um, and the more I to, in my mind the more I, I associated men with um, just that desire for sex that, should, that goes that is at all costs, no matter what the woman feels, the less and less attractive they are. Now that may be for every woman who goes through similar situations to me that that is, you know, coerced. The the idea of it, you're just appeasing it. Maybe it's all that. Maybe all women go through that. That that are um, in that circumstance, and none of it is okay. But maybe we do it just as a because that's what we've been taught. But this is where I really feel that the um, the world is changing. And this idea of the woman is coming up. Now, the, the society as it is, is desperate to try and make it a, the male, you know, the male water bearer, the male energy is still there. And it's not, it's changing. And whether it is, it doesn't matter what they try to do at the moment. It, I don't think you can change this. This is a woman's energy. This is the universal energy that is now female that is being led. And, and this is the energy that um, that is coming through. And I think more women are starting to see, hang on, this is not 
the way things should be. They're starting to question their relationships. They're starting to question the idea of where we are in society. They're starting to question all the things that we've been taught. Um, they're starting to question um, um, the things that we've been told on how a woman's body works, why it works that way. You know, the, the idea that a woman's period is a dirty thing is not a woman's idea initially that is a man's idea but women have taken it on because our parents look like our either our grandmothers took it on and our mothers and maybe it's been longer than that again and we're told that it's it's not this sacred thing that it is it's not this this flow of of sensuality and sexuality and purity you know without a period a woman can't have a baby because it is a cleansing. It is the point that you're the cleanest because you are literally cleaning out that area. You are cleansing, but you're also releasing this lifeblood. Many societies throughout the world have used the um, uh, the period blood as something that, that makes a woman whole compared to a man. She bleeds. She has this lifeblood. You had some cultures that believed that the baby was made from the blood because she bled. And then when she stopped bleeding, that blood was held in her womb and from that blood created a baby. That blood was the baby. Um, it's been proven uh, that, that the baby's cells are in the woman's body. There is, the baby is part of her. It is a part of a woman in every single way and that 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 period is that seed and I saw a picture there was a woman I cannot I cannot remember where it was from but a woman posted a picture of she was having a tubes tied or whatever it was and her gynecologist took or the doctor whatever it is took a photograph because she caught the ovulation in action and what was incredible about the ovulation is the egg gives birth the ovary I mean the ovary gives birth to the egg the ovary swells and then out the side of the ovary bursts the egg it bursts through and it causes water and fluid water and blood to burst out water and blood now I could get into so many things that could that are religious text christian text that you know the idea that christ and the cross and that that what was released was water and blood the only time that water and blood is released is when a woman gives birth water and blood and the ovary gives birth you know christ's crucifixion the, the death and rebirth the death and rebirth is birth you know birth is the placenta dies, the thing that held them, that gave them life, that pumped life into them, that, that looked after them, dies. That life dies in birth. But it dies after, straight after birth because it can sustain them even after they were born. If they're not breathing or whatever else, it can sustain them for a long time. 15 minutes. So 15 minutes of air. If you don't clamp the placenta, the, the cord, got 15 minutes of air and it will keep them pump, their heart pumping it's an incredible credible organ and the thing is it is there it, it's 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 a life and it dies but there is also life 
there is life and death in that that aspect and there is water and blood and there is so much in it that it's just uh, I'm, I'm, there's so much in it but I've already I've taken up my time and I thought I was going to have to cut this in two which I might have to do but this is my first one this is the start of my story and this is where I am right now my my leap forward from here it has to be a leap is to move away from this you know move my kids away from this environment and then spend some time figuring out me and spend some time having my kids just be kids not be in this environment just be with people that they enjoy and just be be kids so i have to call this quits you know i have to call this um podcast to a close but thank you for listening to me this is the first part of my story and this podcast is about my journey through it and anybody else's that are on this journey if you want to get in contact with me and and my uh, talk with me and and leave a comment or whatever and we can we can get together and whoever has been on this journey that everybody's journey is different and not everyone has obviously has my journey um and not everyone has uh, my experiences but we are all learning together this is a, a, a place for women to come together and it's not a, the typical women's circle that i would i'd love to create one at some point but right now it's about women establishing their everything their, their, their sense of being they're coming out from the place of being under man both in a literal and uh, a metaphysical sense and now finding their place that they are not meant to be there they were put there to make them small to keep them from knowing their own power but a woman's power is so much thanks for listening see you next time